Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Oh, hi, I didn't see you there. <laughs> Before we start the show, let's talk about our Patreon page at patreon.com slash Show. The Bob Seska Show is almost entirely fueled by our Patreon subscribers, and we couldn't do four-plus shows a week without your generous financial support. If you dig what you hear today, please consider signing up for just $1 per month or $5 per month on our Patreon page. Depending on your pledge, you're going to get all kinds of bonus content from me and my troop of co-hosts. Plus, it's actually the best place to contact me in person as we continue to post exclusive Patreon-only content like our post-mortem shows twice per week, as well as the Friday After Party podcast and commercial-free versions of this show. So get going. FOMO is real. Again, that's bobseskashow.com or just click the all-caps Patreon link beneath the logo at bobseska.com and now let the cartoons begin recorded live in the usa covering the whole wide world this is the bob seska show presented by bubblegenius.com it's so hard nowadays with all the gangs and rap music what about robots oh they're everywhere i don't even know why the scientists make them Old Glory covers anyone over the age of 50 against robot attack, regardless of current health. I'm Sam Waterston of the popular TV series Law & Order. As a senior citizen, you're probably aware of the threat robots pose. Robots are everywhere, and they eat old people's medicine for fuel. Well, now there's a company that offers coverage against the unfortunate event of a robot attack. Old Glory Insurance. You need to feel safe. And that's harder and harder to do nowadays because robots may strike at any time. And when they grab you with those metal claws, you can't break free because they're made of metal and robots are strong. Now, for only $4 a month, you can achieve peace of mind in a world full of crime and robots with Old Glory Insurance for when the metal ones decide to come for you. And they will. Seska. Today's Rachel Maddow Show Award for Headline Excellence goes to Bob Seska. The Bob Seska Show. Telling you, it's only a matter of time. The vaccine turns you into a robot. That'll be the next one. From our nation's capital, it is Thursday, June 10, 2021. And this is the Bob Seska Show on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. Hi, my name is Bob. Hello. Hello, Bob. Hi. Day 142 of the Biden-Harris administration, 515 days until the 22 midterms. Find me on Instagram at TheBobSeska and on Twitter at BobSeska underscore go. And here come the goth ninjas. Yeah. I'm in a weird... Now with less echo. <laughs> yes, thank you, Jody. I'm in a weird fucking mood today, too. I'm just warning you. I'm everybody. in a weird fucking mood today, too. Sorry. I'm just... <laughs> I get it. I get it. I get it. Zing. I get it. <laughs> it is the uh, Goth Ninjas, Jody Hamilton from the From the Bunker podcast, from dash the dash bunker.com. Also, patreon.com slash from the bunker and at sexyliberal.com, your podcasting superstation, along with all the other sexy liberal podcast programs. And David Ferguson from Astral Summer, astralsummer.bandcamp.com. Brand new single out now. On that Bandcamp page, it's called Lucia. I love your. Oh, wait a minute! No, I just completely fucked that up. What is it, David? <laughs> I told Lucia, you. Love yourself. There you go. Okay, great, great new single. One of my faves uh, from Astral Summer. Uh, again, astralsummer.bandcamp.com. And we've got a song that we're going to play later in the show. 
Um, it's one of our first jazz songs we've played here on the show, and there's a special T-Rex connection, and I'm going to oh, talk indeed. about that a little later in the show. Yeah, yeah. So everyone uh, that I see online wants to basically slash their wrists. <laughs> it seems like that kind of week, right? Mm. It seems like everyone's uh, pissed off or depressed or angry or completely freaked out, and I completely get the completely freaked out part because... There has been some shitty news this week. Obviously, the ongoing existential threat to American democracy, which is a big one. That would be uh, at the top of my list, quite honestly. Uh, but then also some weird decisions coming from the Merrick Garland Department of Justice. Are we feeling good about Merrick Garland these days? <laughs> Are we as feeling as good as we did for the previous four years when we said, remember Merrick Garland? And now it's like... Uh, yeah, this is the new Merrick Garland sound. Thanks, but no thanks for the help there, uh, Merrick. Um, I know that his his argument was policy that they were that is still in place, unfortunately. Yeah, and also, I mean, Hal Sparks yesterday mm -hmm. on Stephanie's show made me feel a little bit better. Oh, me too. Yeah, um, because he was he like, say? "Look, this is well, basically, you know, the the E.G. Carroll case." It's a defamation part. It's not the rape case itself, first off. Yeah. So there's that, um, which I disagree with. But that's not – don't hang your hat on that. Right, right. You know, I mean, we've got bigger things, and I think Hal is right. Basically what I think – and Stephanie's so funny because she's all, I hate the fact that the White House is not involved because their response was like, hey, we just heard about this too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And they don't like it either. Mm-hmm. Um, and most likely that in the Bill Barr memo case, they'll be, they'll lose. Yeah. The DOJ will lose both of those, I think. Yeah. Well, um, I, just because it's obvious that that's just dumb. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, it is a terrible. We're talking about the E. Jean Carroll uh, decision to continue mm. to uh, defend the office of the presidency, in that case, Donald Trump, uh, with regard to the defamation suit raised by E. Jean Carroll over the fact that Donald Trump. Uh, was you know trying to wiggle out of these rape allegations while he was president of the United States. Now, I understand the spirit of the concept that the DOJ is defending right now. What I don't understand is this particular president or former president and this particular case. You know, we are in a new paradigm now. It's not the same institutionalist kind of uh, uh, utopia that it once was. I mean, the last four years scrambled and changed fucking everything. So this is uh, one of many reasons why Merrick Garland needs to recalibrate. I think all the mm -hmm. institutionalists need to recalibrate. There's no reason to abandon institutions, make no mistake. But at the same time, Donald Trump was systematically abusing institutions. The very fact that he got Bill Barr and the Department of Justice to defend him in this defamation case was a problem in and of itself. And now it's carrying over into the post-Trump era, which is immensely frustrating. But, Jody, I want to go back to what uh, Hal Sparks was saying the other day with regard to some of these election laws. He had a couple of great points on the Stephanie Miller show this week. And mm -hmm. this was one of them with regard to the election laws in Georgia and uh, Florida, Texas, I think Idaho, I, I believe it is, that just passed a, a similar kind of election law, all based on the Donald Trump bullshit from the transition. All the shit that led to the insurrection is now being codified state by state so that, I mean, on the surface, it seems, okay, what we're going to do is we're going to disenfranchise Democrats. We're going to make it harder for Democrats to vote in all of these states. However, what Hal Sparks was saying is an interesting spin on what the Republicans are trying to do. Basically, what Hal was saying is that Donald Trump, for months and months and months, if not more than a year now, has been attacking the integrity of American elections, saying it's going to be a major fraud, it's going to be stolen, and we heard all of the things that happened throughout the transition. And then going back a year to mail-in ballots are going to cause all kinds of uh, voter fraud and so on. It's just rife with uh, corruption and scandal and awfulness, right? And so they're concerned, and this is according to Hal Sparks, the Republicans are concerned that all of that talk is going to depress Republican turnout. Because right. Republicans are going to be like, well, what's the fucking point? 
if the Democrats mm-hmm. are just going to steal all of these elections, why should I even bother to turn out? So some of these election laws might be designed to assuage some of those concerns by Republican red hat voters. They say, look, it's going to be okay. <laughs> we're going to, mm-hmm. we got your back with these laws so you can turn out and vote anyway. But the concept that I like is that Donald Trump shot himself in the foot with all of this. Shot the Republican Party in the foot with all of this by, of course, undermining the integrity of American elections uh, with bullshit, with just utter fucking bullshit. And now we live in an era when it doesn't require foolproof bullshit to stick to the wall, right? All you need is to just say something into the fishbowl and all the fish will pick it up and run with it. All the fish with their little teeny tiny red hats. And that's the advantage they have, but it's also a big disadvantage. Because when Donald Trump goes around saying, hey, you can't trust any vote, you can't trust your vote. So, you know, and the subtext being, why even bother? Uh, so that I thought was uh, pretty inventive. And otherwise, beyond all of that, we've got, uh, of course, these uh, state level Republican trifectas not only passing all of these election laws, but also making it more difficult to receive reproductive health care, less difficult to stock up with, you know, practically all varieties of firearms for your various bunkers and arsenals, right? And then, uh, you know, as always, Fox News and the Red Hat Entertainment Complex continuing to make shit up with reckless abandon. And we all want to go, ah, fuck. You know, I go back to the Oliver Willis thing. Oliver Willis had a great observation about liberals in the wake of a Democratic victory in an election. And I'm talking about, a you know, a major general election victory. We get the presidency and we get some sort of majority in Congress. Liberals tend to think that in the wake of those elections, everything is fixed. (laughs) everything is fine Mm -hmm. now and then when suddenly the villains the usual villains who never went away in the first place right they tap us on the shoulder and go boo and we all go what the fuck i thought this was fixed (laughs) you know you know what i mean it's Mm -hmm. it's this false sense of well we've won so ah well i guess i can stop paying attention to politics now i guess everything's fine now and then the villains step up and go, no, no, it's not fine. And then we blame the Democrats for the villains still being around. Yeah, I don't, I don't like that. I'm really, really... <laughs> you, you tweeted something out about the House has passed everything. Yes. And, and don't, so don't not give them more to do. And please, let's flip the Senate. And people are like, but what about Mansion and Cinema? Dude, not the House. Yeah. What I'm hearing is a lot of Democrats, including guys like Robert Reich, I mean... Big time blue checks with a lot of attention on them saying, fuck all the Democrats. Oh, my God. Why can't the Democrats get anything done? All of those Democrats. Oh, I'm so frustrated. I'm so disappointed. I'm so angry with all of these Democrats. Well, the fact of the matter is, if we're talking about the United States Congress, half of the United States Congress has already passed all the shit we want. I mean, it's it's not been passed into law. But it's certainly been handed off to the Senate. I mean, the core of our pain right now is Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema and the entire Republican caucus. That's what's blocking all of this shit. Because the, as you were saying, Jody, the House of Representatives has passed all the shit that we want. Here's yep. some of the things the House has passed already. Nancy Pelosi has shepherded this through with the entire Democratic caucus on the House side intact and handed it off to Chuck Schumer and the uh, Senate Democrats. So here's the list. The Equality Act was passed by the Democrats. Not recently, but the Equality Act, which was, I believe it was filibustered this week, uh, was passed by the House Democrats on February 25th. Just a little over a month into the first term of the Biden administration, right? The For the People Act, H.R. 1, passed by the House on March 3rd. The George Floyd Justice and Policing Act, passed by the House already. The American Rescue Plan, as we know, passed by the House, and that eventually became law. That eventually became a thing. Big victory for uh, Joe Biden and the Democrats. The removal of the arbitrary deadline for passage of the Equal Rights Amendment, passed by the House Democrats on March 17th. The Violence Against Women Act, renewed on March 17th by the House Democrats. The Dream and Promise Act, House Democrats passed that on March 18th. Nancy Pelosi is fucking doing her job. She always does. Yeah. 
And I'm not sitting here trying to be kumbaya. I'm not sitting here trying to be a water carrier for the Democratic Party. I, I have no allegiance. While I am a registered Democrat, if the Democrats fuck up and there's evidence of the serious fuck up, I'm going to say, yeah, they fucked up. But from what I'm seeing here, you've got half of Congress doing what we want them to do. So this is what we have to bear in mind as we enter into, as we get closer and closer to 2022. Because what's going to happen in 2022, every single one of those House Democrats is up for re-election. Every single one, plus, of course, all the House Republicans, who we need to defeat. And right now, the margin of power in the House of Representatives is way too close for comfort. Mm-hmm. It's way too fucking narrow. We need to broaden. We need to do another 2018 with adding 40 House seats plus. Uh, we need to add more seats in the Senate. That's the key. Mm-hmm. If you're in a state where there is a Senate election in 2022, all eyeballs, the Klieg lights are shining on you. You need and to step up. gerrymandering is not an issue with the Senate. It is with the House. Exactly fucking right. So those are the stakes of what we're talking about for 2022. And if we go in saying, fuck all the Democrats, including the House Democrats, which passed everything we want, we are doing nothing but undermining ourselves. We're undermining our long-term goals. As liberals, our priorities are all fucked up. Because somehow it feels really good to just go, I'm pissed off off at everybody. You too. You House Democrats too. I'm so sick of this shit. And you see it. All you got to do is scroll through your Facebook news feed or your Twitter mm-hmm. uh, or your Twitter feed. You can see the uh, the angst and the uh, disappointment just lining up because this is what we love to do. No shit didn't get fixed when Joe Biden was president. What Joe Biden did, and to a certain extent, the very tenuous majorities in Congress did, is it stopped the hemorrhaging. It stopped the hammering. Stop <laughs> the hammering. Joe Biden didn't give us a rose garden. He gave us a shovel and a bag of seeds. Oh, no, yeah. he'll give us you the know. rose garden back. That'll happen. Oh, yeah. The work we can only, help. You know, only begins when we, you, with the swearing in. I mean, it's part of the, you know, I just, I keep thinking, I saw an interview with Joe Manchin, and he's just kept, the guy is such a fucking cock. He's just like, <laughs> you, you know, anyone and not a nice one. Me. It's really small. It's like a th- thumb dick or maybe a pinky dick. But he's just like, you know, anyone who knows me knows I'm not going to lockstep with the... Dem- and I'm just like, dude... And it's just like anyone, you know, it just he's reminds me of some guy yelling at a bouncer. Don't you know who I am? Yeah. yeah. It's like, dude, it's not about you. It's about the American people. Right. It's not about your legacy or your image or your brand. It's about voting rights. Mm-hmm. For people like for black people. Hello. I mean, the whole what? thing is a racist attempt to suppress the votes of people of color. Yeah. yeah. And, and so, his own state is for the, the War of the People Act. So. Yeah, those the fuck is he thinking? Right, those polls. Oh my god, those polls are undeniable. I mean, we're talking yeah. about upward of uh, I don't know somewhere in the range. Seventy-nine percent of the state wants the For the People Act. In, yeah, in Virginia, that's where he's from, right? But see, yeah, he, uh, West Virginia he says yes. Yeah. He loses relevance. The right, right. go away. And that guy loves to hear himself talk. Well, that's I mean that's the thing. What has gifted Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema with this power? to be the centerpiece, to be sort of the lightning rod for all of this, is the fact that the Democratic majority in the Senate is not really a majority at all. It's the, We're talking about 50-50 right now. And thank God for your state of Georgia, David, for giving us that 50-50. Because the other states where we could have had pretty simple victories, I mean, we're talking about Susan Collins was way behind in the polls for a while. Lindsey Graham was behind in the polls. I mean, it was, it was looking like a, a nightmare for the Republicans on the Senate side last year, and it all went to shit. So that's I'm what's, still questioning Lindsey Graham's win. I'm still questioning Mitch McConnell's yes, win. Yes, yes. And I think we need to. Because the what we're seeing here is uh, what what's the trick? What do they call that trick? Uh, misdirection, mm-hmm. where all the yelling about Democratic voter shenanigans has yanked us off the question as to whether or not some of those Senate races were interfered with by you know, Russians or whoever, the usual mm-hmm. suspects. So we haven't really been able to ask those questions. I think some people have been talking about it a little bit but it hasn't really been a national part of the conversation 
So that's uh, what's really frustrating. Just but the ultimately, whole fact that Lindsey Graham just you know felt like he could call the Georgia Secretary of State and say, "Well, can't you find seventeen hundred votes laying around somewhere?" Yeah, right. We do it all the time here in South Carolina. You know. Mm-hmm. Just, I, yeah. yeah. Well, that has gifted Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema with this power. They know that they're the swing votes, and so they're using that for all it's worth. They're beating that one to fucking death, and it's frustrating us all. It's making them pariahs in the Democratic caucus. I don't know how they can possibly continue to function among the other Democrats. I guess it's the collegiality of Chuck Schumer that allows them to continue to be, you know, welcome members of the caucus right now because you would imagine they would have, uh, you know, political targets on their back. Like the rest of the Democrats on the Senate side would be, why are you making us look like shit like this? Because they're also seeing all of the angst and anger on social media about the Democrats uh, at large. Like everyone's getting tainted by Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema. And it's really fucking frustrating. Meanwhile, so, cinema is just super busy finding purple outfits on the sales racket. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But, you know, look, you, the only way to take power away from them is to start hustling now. Start looking at candidates. Val Demings is now running against Marco Woo-hoo! Rubio in Florida. <laughs> looking forward to that. Val Demings is awesome. Val Demings yeah. is incredible. Look at Val Demings' bio. Holy God, is she qualified to uh, move over to the Senate side. And so I'm hoping for that. Again, check your map. If there is a Senate race in 2022, we got to start hustling now. The Democratic Party is sort of like a, I compared it to a big diesel engine. It takes a while for us to get up to speed, to get our energy moving, because we're basically starting cold right now. Because everyone's just like, fuck the Democrats. But now we got to start that machine rolling and build up that energy to a fever pitch by November 2022. That starts now. That starts now. It's an absolute priority. But meanwhile, as far as Joe Manchin goes, you want to hear one of his motivating factors in all this. Well, it's the <laughs> the Cokes. Now, well, not, there's only one Coke left. Mm. So it's the, the Coke network has pressured Joe Manchin to oppose Joe Biden's key legislative items, including filibuster reform and the For the People Act. In a video series from Americans for Prosperity, a Coke super PAC, grassroots supporters were encouraged to push Manchin to, quote, reject Washington's partisan agenda and oppose his party's own legislative priorities, including the idea of eliminating the filibuster, the For the People Act, and packing the Supreme Court. This is according to CNBC. So, Excuse th- me, I need to go jam a pencil into my eye socket. <laughs> right. Right. Holy shit. Yeah. Kimberly's been screaming about that one, too. Ultimately, it doesn't fucking matter what the polls say. Because Joe Manchin is mainly just concerned about, you know, getting all the money. And here's the other thing that Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema, for that matter, uh, have as their suicide switch. They could very easily switch yep. to being Republicans. Yep. And so we have to ask the question right now. Uh, would we rather have Manchin and Cinema as the source of our headaches or Mitch McConnell? Holy fuck. <laughs> then nothing is going to get done. I mean, he even declared this week, bipartisanship is over now. And in case you missed that, <laughs> in case you missed my slur. over under him. Yeah, yeah. It's always been over. I mean, make no mistake. They're only agreeing on shit that is under the political radar. Shit that doesn't get discussed on cable post news. Offices. and Yeah, exactly. Like, well, we're naming a post so office. And- for the tolerant left. You know, it's just, <laughs> yeah. this has been the rallying cry forever. It's like anytime we try to do anything, yeah. you know, we try to like inhale, exhale, like you're being partisan. Like, <laughs> yeah, you're exactly. Taking air from Republicans. Mm-hmm. Well, meanwhile, here's another check mark in favor of the House Democrats. This is something, again, to remember when you see your fellow Democrats going, fuck all the Democrats. The House Democrats reintroduced legislation this week that would protect abortion access even if Roe v. Wade were weakened or overturned. The Women's Health Protection Act, this is being introduced now by the House Democrats, probably going to get passed through the House. The Women's Health Protection Act would guarantee the right for healthcare professionals to provide abortion care and prohibit state and federal lawmakers from imposing certain limits on abortion care, including mandatory ultrasounds, waiting periods, and admitting privilege requirements. So time to do that. <laughs> Let's pass that. And mm-hmm. given the House Democrats' record so far, 
It's not outside the realm of possibility that Nancy Pelosi pushes this through. You know, Nancy Pelosi gets a lot of shit from the Red Hat Entertainment Complex. She always has. Yeah. She's been like because a lightning she's effective. Rod. Yeah, she's exactly. That's exactly fucking right. That's exactly right. But sometimes that gets... It just feels like penicillin gets a lot of shit from gonorrhea. <laughs> you know, like... Oh, shit. That's the name of the show. Penicillin gets a lot of shit from gonorrhea. Yeah. That's the name of the show. Little long. I may have to come up with a variation of that, but yeah, yeah. exactly. Oh but the thing that pisses me off is when Democrats start going after Nancy Pelosi. Yeah. Dudes, she's passed <laughs> all of your shit. <laughs> she's passed it already. Everyone Who needs was the, What was his name? The guy that tried to lead the revolt last year? Steward. See, none of us are like, who? <laughs> Remember they were going to replace her as House Speaker, and that just flew straight into the bug zapper. Oh, yeah, I don't remember. that. Every time there's a new Congress, all the, uh, I don't know, the uh, Red Rose leftists take stabs at Nancy Pelosi. That that's uh, It's like, guys, why don't you take a look at the pile of bodies? Yeah. You know, <laughs> of people who tried this before and ended up with their heads on a stick. Like, just don't. Don't well, fuck with Nancy Pelosi. Yeah, well, compare it to Chuck Schumer on the Senate side. Chuck Schumer mm. can't keep 50 senators together. Nancy Pelosi's been able to keep more than 200 members of the House, the notoriously crazy House of Representatives. She has been able to hold that caucus together with fucking super glue and nails. It's fucking amazing to behold. And the consequences are, with a very narrow majority, look, there could be... You know, a handful of hotheads on the House side, like Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema, blocking Nancy Pelosi's priorities, Joe Biden's priorities as well. But they're not doing that because Nancy Pelosi is so effective at maintaining that caucus yep. and maintaining the cohesion of that caucus. So that's something to be admired, whether you're fully in alignment with uh, Nancy Pelosi's politics or not. You have to admire her for doing the job and doing it fucking really well. I mean, again, for the People Act, passed. Uh, the George Floyd Police Reform Act, passed. The Equality Act, passed. American Rescue Plan, passed. I mean, it's a pretty amazing thing, given the fact that it seems like the view of the Democratic Party right now is pretty fucking bleak, and it probably shouldn't be. It probably shouldn't be. Got to focus on the real villains here. So that's uh, I just you know I never feel I don't get goosebumps from Chuck Schumer ever. Yeah, I never right. like turn on the TV and like go oh look there's Chuck Schumer. Yeah, let me turn it up. Yeah, you know it's just mm. yeah. Oh, he's, how do we pick majority leader anyway? It's just seniority. Uh, it's usually seniority. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's mm. what it is. Yeah, I think with Chuck Schumer he's a decent enough parliamentarian. He knows mm -hmm. how to connect with people. He's just too affable. To me, I think the affability of Chuck Schumer is what grates on us because we're talking yeah, he's not about a ball. He's not a ball buster like like Nancy Pelosi is. Yeah, he needs to be a fucking bulldog. He needs to mm -hmm. get tough. And I don't know if that's in his character to do that. I mean, he's, and he doesn't necessarily I mean, he can offer things to cinema for Arizona and offer things to mansion for West Virginia that will coax them into doing there's there's I'm sure Pelosi does all of those things depending on who she's talking to. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, what he should probably think about doing is recognizing the new paradigm we're in. It's like what I was talking about with regard to Merrick Garland. Merrick Garland is still operating as if it's 1992 and everything's normal. But now everything has skewed into this weird tangent in the space-time continuum. Imagine, like, uh, Doc Brown writing on the chalkboard and drawing the space-time continuum. That tangent that skews down below, that's where we are. So guys like Chuck Schumer, guys like Merrick Garland, they need to figure it out. <laughs> they need to learn where we are as a country right now and act accordingly. I mean, even Barack Obama who everyone knows I'm a card-carrying Obama bot. I've always been a, a Barack Obama supporter. But, you know, Barack Obama for the longest time was too heavily reliant upon the notion that there are guardrails in the system. Well, this week he's finally said, well, look, I was wrong about the guardrails. So the well, part of the, part of the problem Obama with Obama being the first black president had a lot more than just that. Yeah, yeah. Well, part of the problem is we need to spend some time here building new guardrails. 
And that's going to take mm-hmm. some effort. That's going to require some serious uh, elbow grease as far as winning major majorities in elections. And part of that is your state elections, your state and local elections. I mean, who's talking about the Democrats in the Georgia state legislature? Who's talking about some of the Democrats that, well, I mean, we talked about the Democrats in Texas who blocked that election law. Yeah, more Mm -hmm. like that. I mean, when we're categorically ripping the Democrats, got to remember the uh, Texas Democrats blocked that fucking election law. And that is absolutely a good thing, given the balance of power in Texas. So more of that. We want more of that along the way. And we need to offer that kind of support. And the only way to give that kind of support, the only way to attain those majorities that we need is to start fucking hustling right now. Put down the razor blades, (laughs) unwind the nooses, and start thinking about ways to get energized behind the Democrats. I know it's difficult. I'm one of the most angry, cynical people about American politics right now that is alive today. But... I do realize the stakes of our politics, and the second we let our guard down, the second we go, fuck it, I'm out. That's it. We're just handing the keys over to the authoritarian mm-hmm. fascists, and that'll be it. That'll be game over. We know exactly what the agenda is going to be if they gain power in 2022. From 2023, the beginning of January 2023 and onward, it's going to be a rapid dismantling. Getting the country ready to prevent any Democrat from holding an office of power ever again, or at least holding any majorities uh, in the near term. And that'll be the entire Republican agenda. Have a great weekend. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, look, I'm trying to cheer people up without, you know, without saying too much. Is that what you're doing there, Bob? (laughs) Well, yeah, I'm saying half of the Congress is actually doing its fucking job. And we we need to reward (laughs) them. I just don't see a lot of people seeing that, seeing the yeah. situation through that prism. I'm just seeing a lot of bullshit, categorical, fuck them all attitude. And that is wrong. And uh, I mean, part of that is being on Twitter. Yeah. yeah. You know, oh, I yes, mean, it, yes. a lot of this is like talk amongst the people of the Beltway who are bored mm-hmm. because it was like, and they were got so desensitized and overstimulated during the Trump years that it's just like they, you know. Yeah, <laughs> people have lost. You know, it just because nothing worked in the Trump years, we didn't get to watch. You know, government moves very slowly. Yeah, it does. It does. And you know, that's part of the deal. That's part of how we avoid things like coups. Yeah, yeah. Uh, is the fact that there's lots of mechanisms in place. But like, it's frustrating when we want to see like, you know, slashing reform and things happening very quickly. But you have to mm-hmm. remember that eventually the shoe will be on the other foot. And we don't necessarily, you know, yeah. I don't know. This is where I am with, I mean, because I do think about like, well, what if we abolish the filibuster and then the Republicans take over in 2022 and they can suddenly just like yeah. slash and burn at will? I've been thinking about that too. Yeah. That's I'm, why I'm we glad don't you brought necessarily that up. abolish it. We make it a talking filibuster. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think a filibuster reform uh, uh, rule, I think, would be would go a long way to satisfying all of those concerns. You're absolutely right. It used right. to be 67 votes. It's now at 60. We could lower it to 55. Or just require that 40 people show up, 40 senators 41, show up. Because if 41, 40 people yeah. are there, we got the 60 votes. It's got to oh, be 41 right. people. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Make it 41. Right. And that, no tapping out. The 41 have to stay there the whole time. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, look, I've got another solution for well, you. Balancing a live chicken on their oh, sorry. <laughs> yes, all of that. <laughs> well, Juggling, just, whatever. In just a second, we're going to play a brand new game show. It's called America's Dumbest Dumb Stupid. We're going to do that uh, in just a couple of minutes here. But first, if you're really full of uh, piss and vinegar about the Democrats and you're really, really upset... I've got a huge solution for you. There's a brand new CBD gummy, and it's called Sunday Scaries. So if you're looking for a way to decompress after a week of politics, Sunday Scaries can help. Visit sundayscaries.com. Use the promo code SEXYLIBERAL, all one word, at checkout, and get 25% off your order. That's 25% off at sundayscaries.com with promo code SEXYLIBERAL. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. These products are not for use by persons under the age of 18. That's sundayscaries.com, promo code SEXYLIBERAL. Thank you. The Bob Seska Show. I think I've done it again, and I know that I do this to myself. I go overboard with all the fantasizing, and now I've decided on you. 
can get a taste of your attention Make every other moment taste a void of any flavor And when you turn away it's like the sun stops shining on me So here I am in hiding cause I can't risk confiding in you Yeah, I think, uh, ironically enough, this will be a a big-time contestant for Song of the Summer. This is a brand-new recording artist to the show here. This is Our New Autumn and a song called Again Slash Not The One from uh, their album called Worth The Wait from St. Paul, Minnesota, ournewautumn.bandcamp.com. Yeah, awesome stuff. Awesome stuff. Links in the description to support all of our bands, including Astral Summer and its new single, Lucia, Love Yourself. It's out right now. That's uh, David T. Rex Ferguson's project. Okay. And uh, again, our new autumn song is called Again, Not the One from uh, Worth the Wait. Really great stuff there. And, uh, seriously form softball teams. Astral Summer versus our new autumn. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Except there's only two of us. My brother's, yeah. my brother's softball baseball team was called Silver Spoon. Oh, that's funny. Nice, Along nice. with his band. Oh, okay. Now I get it. Okay. All right. They it took, all took born me a with second. silver spoons in their mouths. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I, <laughs> I'm slow on the uptake today. You're Ooh. cute, though. You're pretty, Bob. It's oh, okay. thank you. Really? Thank you, you just I, stand there and be tall and handsome, okay, mm-hmm. baby? Yeah, I'm just, I'm doing my best. I, I really, really am. Okay. <laughs> all right. Hey, uh, you want to play a, a little bit of a game show here? This will be fun. Let's, uh, let's play America's Dumbest Dumb Stupid. And we have three contestants lined up for America's Dumbest Dumb Stupid here on the Bob Seska Show today. And, uh, of course, uh, I'll be serving as host and judge, and Jody Hamilton will be a judge, and David Ferguson will be a judge. We're going to get judgy with these three contestants. Because I'm going to in my 50s actor persona. This music makes me want to have a highball glass in one hand and a cigarette, you know, dangling from the corner of my mouth. Yeah, I don't know, Arthur. Uh, it seems to me I'd go with option A. You know? <laughs> yes, the whole show has become a black and white kinescope, and uh, that's nice. it. All the shiny stuff looks really weird. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's got a like, like weird a ha- like uh, glow off of it. Yeah, and, like a halo yeah. around everything. Okay, let's see here. Contestant number one. Contestant number one is uh, Ben Shapiro. Ben Shapiro this week uh, was really proud of how clever he is because he came up with a loophole with the N-word. You're kidding. Stupid shit. This is the same old argument every racist has used for decades and decades and decades and decades. Why can you say the N-word with, the, with an E-R at the end, but I can't say the N-word with an A at the end? That's Ben Shapiro's I know, argument. Here, I know. <laughs> yeah, let's. Well, here, let's. Before you weigh in, Jody, let's play uh, Ben Shapiro and his N word loophole. I will say that when it comes to the use of the N word, there is a difference between calling a black person an N word with an ER at the end and <laughs> in, in jest using the N word that ends with an A to describe a white person. <laughs> okay, there is contestant number one, Ben Shapiro, with his N word loophole. He always sounds so constipated, you know? Like he he's does. sitting yeah, really on does. the toilet, trying, straining between words. Yeah. You know, it just, why can't, and it's, it's all I that. I say we take away his step ladder so he can't reach the typewriter keys. Well, as you know, he eats old people's medicine for fuel, and his <laughs> robots are strong, David. Uh, so, yes, that was contestant number one, Ben Shapiro and his N word loophole. Contestant number two comes to us from the great state of Ohio. This is a QAnon Trump supporter who thinks vaccines are making her magnetized. This is from this week. This week. Some of the information that I think had been discussed on your podcast related to EMF frequencies. That was a thought. And, and it was you, a, because now because right now that? we're all kind of um, hypothesizing. I mean, what is it that's actually being transmitted that's oh, causing all of these things? Is oh, it God. a combination of the protein, which now we're finding has a metal attached to oh, it? I'm God. sure you've no. seen the pictures all no. over the internet of people who've had these shots and now they're magnetized. No, they put a key on their forehead; it no. sticks. They can put spoons and He's, forks all over them, and they can spin no, them no, no, because no, no. now we think that there's a metal piece to that. No, there has been people who've long suspected that there was some sort of an interface yet to be. Find an interface, interface between what's being injected in these shots and all of the 5G towers. 
Yeah, my 5G is not working yet. But we're trying to figure out what is it that's being transmitted to these unvaccinated people. All right, contestant number two, a Trump supporter from Ohio who thinks vaccines are making her magnetic. Yes. These are tough, Bob. These are very, very tough. Once again, explains why my refrigerator keeps following me around the house like Marjorie Taylor Greene following around AOC. Yeah, my magnet's not working. I and first it. off, spoons and keys are not magnetized either. They can't put a magnet near a spoon or a key. Not going to work either. Perhaps the bumper on your car or a refrigerator. Um, but yeah. By the way, I'm wondering if we shouldn't all do our 1950s TV contestant voices. Like from I'm quiz going shows for the rest of the day. I'm going to talking like this. So this is yet another example of Americans not being able to properly digest information. Mm. And sometimes I wonder if Trump isn't on to something with his banned Twitter and Facebook nonsense. But, you know, <laughs> I'm not going that far, of course. But uh, it always calls to mind something Chez used to say, which is, Bring back the gatekeepers because people cannot handle the glut of information. Our brains are not evolved enough to be able to deal with the internet and social media. I'm talking in rhythm just like Mike Pence. (laughs) Shit. Okay, so again, that was uh, contestant number two. Now, contestant number three comes to us from the great state of Texas. We have Louis Gohmert. (laughs) Once again, I think you can put your ballots down we may have a winner. This is Louis Gomert talking to someone from the Office of Forest Management asking whether or not, in order to solve the climate crisis, whether we can move the moon out of its orbit. Here is <laughs> Texas Congressman Louis fucking Gomert. And I understand from what's been testified to the Forest Service and the BLM, you want very much to... Uh, work on the issue of climate change. I was uh, uh, informed by the immediate past director of NASA that they have found that the moon's orbit is changing slightly, and so is the Earth's orbit around the sun. Uh, We know there's been uh, significant solar flare activity. Um, And so is there anything that the National Forest Service or BLM can do to uh, change the course of the moon's orbit oh, or the yeah. Earth's orbit around the sun. Oh. Obviously, that would have profound effects on our climate. I would have um, to follow up with you on that one, Mr. <laughs> Belmert. Yeah. Well, if you figure out a way that you in the uh, Forest Service can make forest that change, services. I'd like to know. That is uh, contestant number three, the dumbest oh. fucker in Congress. No, <laughs> I don't know Belmert. if she's... Now, Bob, I don't know if she's the dumbest, but she could be. (laughs) There's your your 1950s TV voice. That's perfect. Okay. (laughs) Louis Gomez's head's so pointed he can't even read a menu. (laughs) I just like the fact that he's asking forest management and not NASA. Oh, my God. I just, I laughed so hard. I, my hand reached up to cover my mouth as I was laughing, and uh, I just made a giant smudge across my glasses so I can see basically nothing nice. right now. Let's go to our judges on uh, this week's edition of America's Dumbest Dumb Stupid. Uh, Jody Hamilton, you go first. Who is America's Dumbest Dumb Stupid? Is it contestant number one, Ben Shapiro in his N-word loophole? Contestant number two, a QAnon Trump supporter from Ohio who thinks vaccines make her magnetic? Or contestant number three, Louis Gohmert, who thinks the Forest Service can alter the orbit of the moon? Jody Hamilton. It's a tough one, Bob. (laughs) It's, you know, I'm struggling with the lady person and with... With the representative from Texas. Hmm. I'm going to have to go with Louis Gomert Bob. All right. Louis Gomert Bob. Okay. So <laughs> we have one vote for contestant number three. Next, we go to David T. Rex Ferguson. Is it contestant number one, Ben Shapiro and his N-word loophole? Contestant number two, a QAnon Trump supporter from Ohio who thinks vaccines make her magnetic? Or contestant number three, Louis Gomert, who thinks the Forest Service can alter the orbit of the moon? David T. Rex Ferguson. Gotta say, the lady from Ohio gets points for trying to call off her, trying to pawn off her affair with the Tin Man on becoming magnetic. (laughs) Uh, Ben Shapiro gets points for revisiting a trope that got old in 1950. (laughs) But I gotta say, the the, the roving planetoid himself, Louis Gomez, wins the prize. All right, yes. 
Louis Gohmert. Contestant number three is the winner of this week's America's Dumbest Dumb Stupid contest. <laughs> and by the way, my suits are by Mr. Guy. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, thank you for playing. Thank you for enjoying the show today. All right, that's it. <laughs> that's our stupid fucking game show. Louis Gohmert is the dumbest dumb stupid in the united states of america yes breaking news breaking news for that one okay moving along here on the show uh, i hope you enjoyed our I game just, show. what is going on in that i mean louis gomery has got his just that giant head and yet yeah. it's just as empty as like the you know matt gates it's as empty as matt gates's head i mean they both all, have these big heads yeah going silo of nothingness I mean, in all seriousness, was he joking? I mean, he can't possibly think that the Bureau of Land Management and the Forest Service are going to alter the orbit of the moon. We'll get Bruce Willis right on it. It's first off, yes, the moon is constantly moving away from Earth because it was yeah. slung out mm-hmm. billions of years ago. Yeah. And it keeps moving feet a year. And yes, our rotation around the sun, but that's a natural change right. that the planet will deal with. If we, if we, can you imagine altering the orbit of the moon around the Earth dramatically? How the tides would change? Yeah, yeah. Well, this reminds me of a bit I'm that was on sorry. on Mr. Show with Bob and David on HBO. Mr. Show with Bob and David did a whole bit about uh, NASA deciding to blow up the moon. These are the latest pictures from the Mars probe, NASA's <laughs> most recent triumph in space. Now NASA embarks on its most daring and exciting project yet. On July 4th of this year, America will blow up the moon. We have the technology. America can, should, must, and will blow up the moon. Yes, and we'll be doing it during a full moon, so we make sure we get it all. All right, that's it. We've we've played that many many times on the show, so you get the idea. Uh, meantime, but also Ben Shapiro talking about saying anything in jest. You know, you could yeah. say in, in jest, and uh, like <laughs> if you wanted to perhaps make a humorous illusion, yeah. and you know, ha ha ha. Yeah, know? no one's like, funnier than Ben Shapiro. Ben Shapiro, he is, he's a laugh a riot, or launch a salvo of humor. You know. Like, I dare him, man, to go to fucking Compton or something and start referring to his white friends as the N-word with the A at the end. (laughs) That's not going to fucking fly. Good luck, Ben Shapiro. Good luck with that. Uh, Meantime, we- I don't understand why the word is so magnetic to them. I mean, it is just like the big red candy-like button. They're just like, why can't you say it? And I can't. And it's like, well, because you're a white person, you idiot. I mean, this is not- Why are we still trying to litigate this? I don't understand. It's like, what is your painful, urgent need that you have that word in your arsenal? Yeah. Like, it's just, I don't get it. It doesn't make any sense. Let it go. Yeah, yeah. They really, really want to use it. They really want to say it and you know what they should they should just come out and say it show us who you really are ben shapiro say the fucking word instead of saying the n-word say the fucking word and reveal yourself as the racist that you are yeah you can throw the a in at the end if you feel safer that way right see how well that does for you meanwhile we have this from (laughs) from uh, the great rocky mountain mike new from k-town it's louis gomert on the dark side (laughs) of the moon your favorite Gomert moon song. He's a hick. Louie Gomert's Dark Side of the Moon. Go on back to East Texas where you can kick some sh- This one is psychedelic. You'll get almost as spaced out as Louie. Is there anything that the National Forest Service can do? to change the course of the moon's orbit or the Earth's orbit around the sun. I would have to follow up with you on that one, Mr. Gomer. Louis Gomert on the dark side of the moon. And his brain is eclipsed and the Gomer's obsessed with the moon. <laughs> From Cato, now available at It's all asparagus. <laughs> okay, that's <laughs> Go, Mart. That is my favorite Go joke Mart. in that bit. Okay, we're going to take a uh, short break and come back with more show after this. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home 
isn't a total mystery with bite clear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite clear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Well, if you ever catch yourself thinking when looking in the mirror, I wish my under-eye bags would just go away. You're not alone. Bags and puffiness under the eyes are a problem for millions of American men and women. Until now, introducing my new favorite, the new GenuCell Serum with plant stem cell technology from Chamonix. Susan from New Jersey wrote me, I've been using GenuCell for a couple months. The puffiness around my eyes is gone. Even the crow's feet and small lines have disappeared and haven't come back. I love this product. I use it under my eyes, around the cheekbones, and on my eyelids. With its instant effects, Chamonix says you'll see results in the first 12 hours or your money back. They guarantee it. Order now and save big on Genucel's risk-free introductory offer. Go to lovegenucel.com slash Stephanie. That's G-E-N-U-C-E-L. For an instant 10% off your order, order now. You'll get the amazing Genucel XV face cream when you order the exclusive Genucel most popular package at checkout. That's love, G-E-N-U-C-E-L dot com slash Stephanie. Lovegenucel.com slash Stephanie. Bob Seska. This is uh, Robbie Bright, recording artist Robbie Bright, and a song called Everything's Gonna Be Alright. Yeah, link in the description for Robbie's Reverb Nation page here under the uh, under this episode of the show at bobsuska.com. This is, uh, this is what Robbie wrote in his email to me, and this specifically pertains to you, David. He said, this song is my attempt to tap into Buzz's optimism that everything's gonna be alright. So... A little bit inspired by our, our very own Buzz Burbank. And he says, I just hope it isn't a pipe dream. I really wanted to get T-Rex to sing the hooks on this, but I chickened, huh. I chickened out on asking him. And then uh, then I, I told Robbie, I said, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell David. Because he's gonna be, uh, he's gonna I'll like totally that. Totally do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then he said, t- "Well, he's then- already released it, so I'll just have to listen to it." But this, it's funny because this, I was listening to this, and it really takes me to a very specific time and place, like, yeah, in my in my youth, yeah. as they say, like right around high, like early high school, late junior high. Mm-hmm. Like this should totally be the theme of like your favorite cop show. <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> <That's> like, <right. laughs> Yeah, exactly. It's got that kind of jazz fusion sound, almost like Spyrogyra and some of that stuff from the uh, early 90s, late 80s, early 90s. And you know what? Also, Robbie said that you, David, sound like uh, George Michael. So I thought that was a great great ah, compliment. Your vocals. This is, this, yeah. So I may, you may know, I, right after I had my uh, heart catheterization and wasn't still quite sure if I was dead or alive, <laughs> um, <yeah. laughs> my, for some reason, my... my uh, cardiologist likes to listen to 80s music and he either listens to something by Shaw Day or George or Careless Whisper by George Michael when he ends a procedure to yeah. kind of come down. Oh, and I'm just kind of woozy there on the table and this like, you know, Careless Whisper comes sort of sack skating down from the <laughs> ceiling. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, did I die? Am I going to look over in the corner and it's going to be George Michael in this big cloud of dry ice and he's in his leather jacket like, you know, we're going to the afterlife now, David. Like, And I'm like, not now, George Michael! Um, <laughs> But uh, <laughs> so we got to hook you up with Robbie Bright there. So yeah, make the uh, make I the actually connection. secretly love saxophones, and I feel like there's something happened there in the '90s where everyone's like, saxophones suck. They're yeah, so 80s. I know. I know. Um, well, you know and, uh, the great John Amato from CrooksandLiars.com. Yeah, he was a world-renowned saxophone player. I just want to mention this. I don't think a lot of people know that the guy who founded and runs Crooks and Liars was the saxophonist for Duran Duran. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a big fucking deal. Uh, John Amato from uh, Crooks and Liars. But uh, moving along here on the and show. Unfortunately, today, I mean, I have tried to pry some stories out of John Amato. I'm like, yeah. I just give me some dirt on Duran Duran. Because, I mean, come on. <laughs> right. He's just like, nope. Mm, nope. Yeah, exactly. What a right. gentleman. Probably signed some NDAs in there along the way. Uh, okay, so moving along here. Liz Cheney says that Republicans voted against impeachment because they were afraid of red hats. And they were specifically afraid of being killed by red hats Mm -hmm. so that's one of the reasons why the republican caucus on the hill voted against impeachment because they i guess what we're talking about here is just rank physical intimidation by donald trump's red hat army and in that sense i guess they were thinking about january 6th which uh my you know mike pence didn't see eye to eye with trump about that by the way such a spineless rat bastard. Meanwhile, Trump, I mentioned this earlier in the show, Trump wants to ban Twitter and Facebook like a third world tin pot dictator. This is what they do. This is because he's. How's he going to do that? He can't. He can't unilaterally do it yeah. if he's president and he's not president right now. But I guess he thinks if he becomes president and the Republicans <laughs> control Congress, that the Republicans will vote to ban Twitter and Facebook, you know, just like Nigeria. And this is, again, this is the global rise of authoritarianism, and Trump is right in keeping with that. But the reason why Trump wants to ban Twitter and Facebook is because Twitter and Facebook have been mean to Donald Trump. Wah! Wah, they're so mean to me. Why won't they let me back on their platform? He's Wah. only been for two years. Yeah. I mean, come on, you know, two years from now when we're huddled around the trash fire and the rusty <laughs> barrel and the, you know, the radioactive... Uh, fecal colored snow yeah, is falling, yeah. you know, on our heads. We can be like, "Oh, Trump came back online today." Yeah, he's back um, on Facebook. Good news, hallelujah. Yeah. Well, this is uh, if this actually goes forward, and he's actually able to get away with this, which is just like holy shit. They have just completely abandoned any pretense of being like the pro business party. Yeah, because they desperately want to regulate social media. They want to clearly ban. And we know that Republicans are all in favor of whatever agenda Trump, you know, farts out into the wind on every occasion. You know, this is they're all on board with Donald Trump's agenda. So I imagine it wouldn't be too far along after that, that they would start to ban other publications. Mm -hmm. But I think the first way they would do this is they would repeal Section 230 which is the part of the Telecommunications Act that uh, prevents people from suing, for example, Facebook for the stupid shit that gets posted on Facebook. Right. So what they would do is they would eliminate Section 30, and then it would just be a lawsuit bonanza. There would be red hat lawsuits against every single platform for the shit that goes on in the comments and the shit that gets posted by our, you know, the users of those platforms. And so that would effectively ban some of these platforms. I mean, I don't think Twitter would be able to exist. Well, no, I mean, what would happen would be Twitter would take down more people. Yeah, they would. Because they wouldn't want to get sued. Yeah, yeah, but they would still get sued is the point. Because they took people down. Yeah, they would also get sued for the people who would remain on the platform, the shit that doesn't get taken down. You look at Donald Trump sideways, you say, Donald Trump, I I hate Donald Trump's stupid pants. And then suddenly you're going to get, your Twitter's going to get sued for that. Can we talk you know. about those pants for a second? Yeah. From the weekends? <laughs> yes, sure, sure. We talked about it a little bit on Tuesday, but yeah, we can revisit the pants because I'm okay I with the pants story. Just don't know what's happening there. Uh, <laughs> were they backwards? I mean, no, they weren't. No, no, they weren't. No, there's a zipper no. there. Okay. It's there. It's gross. I'll give it that. Yeah. But no, he's, he's just, he's, for somebody that seems to say he has money. Yeah. He doesn't use it well when it comes to clothing, hair, and makeup products. Yeah. No, exactly. it's bizarre. Yeah. They're just weird pants. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. They weren't on backwards. He's just always had really super fucked up pants. There's a certain way <laughs> that he likes his pants tailored, which is basically like, yeah, give me two hefty bags that are stapled together. Uh, have you seen the Photoshop of the Donald Trump pants on Jim on Jordan Gates? and Matt Gates? Yes. It just it just yes. screams out how stupid the pants fucking are. They're just dumb. They're clown uh, pants. They they absolutely are clown pants, and they've got the whiskers on them. Like the the other weird thing was just how fucking Which schmutzy is crazy and wrinkled. Is, how can they be so loose and yet look uh, awful? Uh, yeah. 
so tight in all the wrong <laughs> yeah, weird he, yeah and ways. he can get he can get pants that don't wrinkle that easily too yeah. so it's like dude seriously if you're sitting down a lot there was a there was a gown that Bob Mackey made that I got to wear when I was nominated for an Emmy awesome. anyway um <laughs> you could so literally good. exactly you Dang could crinkle it. the dress and hold it for like five minutes in your hand and let it go no wrinkles oh yeah god I'm slow on the uptake there today it's okay, I'm sorry, Bob, I'm late pretty. with your music. Yeah, I know. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, the pants are immensely stupid, and either he's wearing a diaper under there, or he's just got a really prominent frumpkin. You know what a frumpkin is? A frumpkin is that area between your belly button and your pubic hair. And uh, I think on the Stephanie Miller show, they had a different word for it, different slang word for it. I've always known it as frumpkin. So <laughs> it's an unfortunate side effect of being an older white man. Your ass migrates around to the front. Like your buttocks <laughs> yeah. become completely flat yeah. and your fupa, your fat upper <laughs> pussy area like, That's just it. juts out. Yeah. Fupa. Um, That's it. I think that was the word that they were using. That is the word. Yeah. But the thing about Trump is like, I think that he goes, he's been using the same tailor since 1971 is the thing. <laughs> like he's such a creature of habit. Like he has that doctor that he, that is now, past god rest his soul but the crazy hippie doctor that's supposed oh yeah dr bornstein yeah yeah and these people are completely incompetent but it's who he knows he's loyal to them because it's like the same shitty tailor has been making those clown pants like elephant legs like (laughs) with the elephant legs (laughs) it's just and then the tiny tiny shoes at the end of the giant elephant leg pants weird (laughs) yeah yeah, it is immensely weird. Uh, and I just, I think he has a twisted view of his own appearance, you know, between the hair and the weird suits. It's all part of his brand. You know, he thinks, okay, I got to keep doing this because it's the Trump brand. I can't change. I mean, everyone saw his hair when he went to that. Remember, it was a couple of years ago. He turned up at that church or something and he took his hat off and his hair was kind of slicked back. You know, you think, okay, that is much more acceptable than his current hairstyle, the big swoop, because that hair, when he took his hat off, doesn't match his brand, because everything about the Trump organization, everything about Trump himself, the entire fortune, the entire name is all wrapped up in that brand, or at least that's his perception. So therefore, he can't change. Otherwise, he'd be undermining his own brand, which would then uh, you know, uh, undermine the entire Trump fortune, whatever it might be. I just think it's a colossal amount of debt, but you know, that's just it's, me. To me, it's like, when, do you remember when Cadillac started doing those chopped trunks? Yeah, you know, in the early '80s, and some of them even had faux gold like straps on them, Uh and it was just the ugliest fucking thing. Yeah, yeah, and that was actually the Trump era, and I just feel like that's what he looks like all the time is like a Cadillac with a chopped trunk, and he can't let it go (laughs) because that was his heyday. Yeah, you know, and it's like, and nobody will say no to him, and nobody will say it's time to talk about your hair. Right. Well, there was a great joke. I don't know if you guys are watching the show Hacks on HBO. Love that show. I love Did it too. Did not see the finale yet. We Gene just Smart's finished. winning every award this year for everything. Oh my God, is she phenomenal. And we just watched the finale last night. And I think there was a joke in the finale, or it may have been the uh, penultimate episode. But um, <laughs> Ava jokes yeah. that uh, about the state capitals like Albany. Like, okay, the founders of the state thought that they were going to make the, the city of Albany work, even though it probably should be New York City as the state capital. They're really mm-hmm. desperate for Albany to work, and they're just too proud to make a change. <laughs> and that's, that's why you have state, you know, cities like Albany as the state capital. Austin is another one. What Frankfurt Stop trying to make Albany happen. Yeah, it's exactly. It's not, not like fetch. <laughs> exactly right. That's the joke. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah, I strongly recommend uh, Hacks. Uh, Hacks is, I give Hacks, initially I gave it a solid B+. I'm giving it an A. and and oh, it's, it's so good. It's She's really, so good. Gene Smart is so fucking great. That finale last night was one of the best half hours of television I've ever seen. And wait till you see it. I'm not going to give away any spoilers, but there's a thing that happens in the second half of that finale that is just absolutely fucking genius. The performance of it, the idea of it, the execution of it, it is legendary. It is it is a scene that we're going to be talking about for many years to come. And when people are less concerned about spoilers, you're going to see clips of this thing all over the internet. All over the internet. But I think people, well, people are... People are, are so concerned good. about spoilers for, like, you know, Psycho. 
<laughs> yeah, that's true. But uh, you know what? Look, with a show like this, I think the moratorium on spoilers is like two weeks. And after two weeks, you're on your own. If you can't get mm-hmm. caught up within two weeks, I'm sorry. And that applies to me, too, because I get frustrated, too. Because, <laughs> I, you know, I get frustrated with spoilers more than just about anyone I know. So I need to hustle up sometimes with some of these shows. But strongly recommend Hack. Strongly recommend Mayor of Easttown. And uh, by the way, they're going to be doing, I think, season two of both of those shows. Season yeah. two got picked up for Hacks uh, just a couple of days ago, which means we're going to have to wait like five years now, probably. Mm. Uh, same with Mayor of Easttown. We're probably going to have to wait years and years and years. But it's like a, getting a you know a three-part movie or something like that. And so I, I'm okay with the amount of time between seasons. I was less okay years ago, but now it's like, well, yeah, they're doing fucking like eight episodes of Hacks. That's like two feature films. So, yeah, take your time. (laughs) Make it great. We'll find something else to watch in the meantime. There's enough to watch. Okay, that's it. We're going to talk more on our post-mortem show coming up on our Patreon page. When this music is done playing, we keep on talking. And if you sign up for $5 a month, $5 a month gets you two post-mortem shows every week after the Tuesday show and after the Thursday show. It's bonus content, like bonus features on a DVD or a Blu-ray, right? And only you get it if you subscribe to our Patreon page. Again, $5 a month for the post-mortem shows, $10 a month for the post-mortem shows, and the Friday after party with me and Kimberly Johnson. Meantime, uh, Jody can be found at patreon.com slash fromthebunker. T-Rex can be found at astralsummer.bandcamp.com. Okay, post-mortem show coming up next. See you over there, folks. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.